in case you're visiting and you had registered and you thought Dr. Savell was ministering this morning. I'm not Dr. Savell. Um, he's so much better looking than I am. Um, there some just had to make some changes uh, with the schedule and adjustments, but uh, he wanted me to let you know that he will be here both services on next Sunday. And I know he has a word in season. I believe he has an apostolic message for the body of Christ. If you're, how we function here as a church, him and Miss Carolyn founded the church back in uh, October of 2000, and um, and then installed Annette and I as the senior lead pastors of this church. Um, a number of years ago in 2007. And, um, and so he entrusts us with this outreach. We're an outreach of Jerusalem Ministries International. You know, I've, I've been with the ministry now for just over 20 years. And, and what an honor to serve him and Miss Carolyn. They're the founding pastors. They're the apostolic head of this church. And, and, uh, but, um, and that's the gift they flow in. Um, but Annette and I, we are the pastors of the church. You know, he sets gifts in the body. And the gifts are the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry. So our Sunday mornings aren't, aren't typically evangelistic because I believe that gifts are set here for you to do the work of the ministry. Amen. And some people have different understandings about that, you know, uh, and, and not that we don't do altar calls here, not that we don't have salvations or anything like that, but we're more about perfecting the saints to do the work of the ministry because you are called to reach your, your world, your sphere of influence, your workplace. You're called to bring change everywhere you go. And, and here in this body, it's about making winners in life. And it's about going outside these walls with that winning attitude, that, that being filled with the spirit of God and influencing someone else's life with it. Well, we have a word in season for you today. And, um, and so if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter eight and I've been uh, the times with you just during summertime. It's been, been different with had you know been able to stay congruent. But I believe every message that's gone forth, you know, uh, whether it was Eric and Vic, uh, Doctor Savell, myself, uh, Captain Rex and Ladonna, they're with us this morning. Thank you so much for what you deposited in our church family last week, and what a great time we had Sunday through through um, through Wednesday night, and, and just powerful messages. I encourage you to go back online and, and, and connect with those messages. And, um, and also last Sunday night with our family fun night, it was such a great turnout and, and connecting together as a, as a family was so good and believe it was a profitable time for us as a church body. And, and uh, so I've been talking about revival and not so much just the experience of revival, not just the feeling of revival, not just, you know, the results of revival, but what I've been, I believe my assignment has been, and this is my fourth message on this, is really, really sowing the seed of revival, is depositing the things that bring about what needs to take place. You know, uh, it was months ago on a Wednesday night, I, the Lord changed the course of my message one night, and, and he said that, that we need to have a personal, you, we need to have a personal revival. And then we need, it says, and that turns into a corporate revival, which turns into a community awakening. Just put, place your hand on your heart and say, I need to be revived. My church needs to be revived because my community needs to be awakened. Amen. And, um, and here in Rome, let me read this and now I just want to thank you, Father. For the sake of time, we'll, we'll just, so many good scriptures here, but we'll start with verse, we'll just do verse, uh, start with five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let me read that again. For they that are after the flesh do mind. That word mind there could be focus. Pay attention to. What's, what's on your mind? For they that are after the flesh do focus. Give attention to the things that are on the flesh. And they that mind after the spirit. 
the things after the Spirit. And then it tells us what's the difference. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Back earlier in the year, when uh, right when uh, things came out about coronavirus, so this was probably in, in March when the Lord spoke this to me, and, and not knowing at that time things were going to happen as they did with George Floyd, things happening around the nation and, and like, like they have, and um, the Lord just put in my heart, and he, he said, every, every time something came up, whether in my heart, things I see, things I see, you know, things I would see on Facebook, things that I would hear people say, Christians, non-Christians, and it was just like, just, just crazy stuff. And every time I'd see something and want to respond in the natural, the Lord would just speak the scripture to me. And he says, Justin, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Every time I want to, want to respond a certain way, anytime I'd want to do something in the natural, the Lord said, to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Right. So he's, he's, to say, he's saying, Justin, he says, so where, how are you going to live in a fallen world? How are you going to live in, 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 a, in a world where there's darkness all around? He said, are you going to be led by, by the flesh or are you going to be led by the spirit? He goes, the world will always be the world. And I think sometimes as believers, we expect something different. Now, believers should respond differently to things. But the thing is, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So how I'm viewing a situation determines whether I'm going to experience destruction in my life or whether I'm going to experience life and peace. But I don't know about you, but life and peace sounds a whole lot better than destruction. So for you and I, what are we focusing on in a world that's fallen, in a world that is totally diametrically opposed to the word of God, to the kingdom of God? To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So let's not focus on what the enemy is doing. Let's not focus on what's happening, what we see happening in our world around us. Because if that is our primary focus, then it's always going to present. What's the opposite of life and peace? Death and confusion. So where do you want to live? It's going to depend on how are you focusing on things happening in our world. In the natural, we see there's all out attacks going on in our nation. But let's not focus on all the attacks. Let's not focus on what's constantly being pushed in the media. I'm telling you, we, we have to step outside. Paul said, come out from among them and be ye separate. But see, we, we, we too often like to hang out among them. Now, now I'm not saying, you know, you know what well, well, Jesus hung out with? It. Yes, he did. And I'm not saying that we're not around ungodly people. I'm not saying that we're, we're more righteous than now. I'm not saying that, that we have a self-righteousness about us. I'm just saying, where are we hanging out? Where are you minded? Are you carnally minded? Or are you spiritually minded? We need to... We need to stop focusing on the destruction that's happening in our world, and we need to focus on the victory that we have in God. Now, go to Exodus chapter 17, and I want to lay a foundation and just stay on um, target of what I believe my assignment is this morning. Because we can always talk about what the enemy's doing. We can always, we can always talk about what's, what's coming against us. We can all, always talk and continue to focus on the doctor's report, our bank account, what someone did to us, what someone said to us. That, and, and if we're not careful, that will be our primary focus instead of, am I having the right focus? 
Exodus chapter 17, and now this is a story that when um, Moses and the children of Israel were against the Amalekites, and you know the story how, how as long as Moses lifted, it, lifted his hands, they would be victorious, and they, he sat up on a rock, and they had two people held his hands up, and they became victorious, but I want, I want us to look at uh, verse 14 and 15. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book. And rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out remembrance of, the, of, of Amalek from under heaven. For he said, because the Lord... And Moses built an altar and he called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now, who is Amalek? One, Amalek is like the great-great-grandson of Esau. And you have to understand that what does, Amalek, what does Amalek represent? One, it represents, it represents a modern day Amalek would be what we would call an atheist. It's someone that totally accepts the, totally rejects the acceptance of, of God. Someone that, it's totally, an Amalekite is someone that doesn't need anyone else and totally relies on their self and their own strength. And here he's telling, he, God tells Moses, he says, he goes, I want you to write this as a memorial in a book and I want you to rehearse it to Joshua. Now, why, why would this be the case? Because Joshua is going to need it at a later time. Why would this need to be written down as a memorial and rehearse it, rehearse it? Now, now this word rehearse here means to go over again. It means to reenact. It means to work out. It means to warm up. <laughs> A warm up. Rehearse this in front of Joshua. Meaning, meaning because Joshua is going to need this later on. I want you to reenact this in front of Joshua. I want you to, to work out. I want you, meaning, meaning there's, there's this... There's this thing that Joshua's going to need to do. He's going to need a warm-up. Meaning when, when Joshua's about to face an enemy, when Joshua has an enemy coming against him, when Joshua is maybe facing something like the walls of Jericho, when Joshua is fa facing some other, other issues, other things, going into a promised land, Joshua is going to have to rehearse something. He's going to have to do a warm-up. And, and I think for you and I, we need to, we need to do a little more warm-ups. We need to, we need to do a little more working out. And I'm not talking about lifting of weights. I'm talking about that we need to go back and we need to not focus on what the enemy's doing, but we need to focus on what God has done. We need to focus on who God is. We need to focus on what's already taken place. We need to, we need to know what God has done, what God is doing, and what we know He will do. So, so when you remember those things, when you rehearse those things, you are doing a warm up. You're, you're, you're just getting started. You, you know, you're stretching. You're, you, you know, you're doing your warm up, you know, you're, you're, you're pumping a little weight. You're, you're, you're lifting a few bars. You're, you're, you're doing a little bit of run. You're doing some stretching. Why? Because you know, you know that you're about to go into battle and it's not going in and fighting in your own ability. It's not fighting in your own strength, but it's understanding and knowing that how God came through for Moses on that day with his hands lifted high. I'm going to rehearse this and I'm going to, I'm going to do a warm up. I'm going to do a workout. And in the same way, I'm going to be victorious over the same thing. So, so we have to ask ourselves, are we going to be carnally minded or are we going to be spiritually minded? Because a carnally minded person in, in today's time, all they're doing is focusing on what the news is saying. Focusing on the destruction that's happening. Focusing on all the problems. Focusing on what, what, what they think things should look like or be like. Instead of focusing, having the right focus. The right focus. A couple weeks ago, I, I talked about as we come in here, don't just, let's not just expect a good word. As Word of Faith people, we, 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 we expect a word to come forth. And we draw on the word. And I'm so grateful that you draw on the word. Draw on the word this morning. Pull on the word of God 
for what he has for, for us this morning, for you personally this morning. But sometimes we, we stop there at the, that just expecting a good, good word and we walk out the door and we're just like, man, that was a, that was a, that was a good word. That was a good word. And, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what we need to be expecting is, are we expecting the power that accompanies the word? Are we expecting the power that accompanies the word? Go to Psalms 45. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 10 says, all thy works shall praise thee, O Lord. Thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom. And they shall talk of thy power. So who's, who's, who's speaking and who's talking? Saints. This is Psalms 145, verse 10. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. The saints shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom, and they shall talk of thy power. Are you, are, you, are you speaking of the glory of his kingdom? Are you talking of his power? See, I, because see, that's what, that's what Moses was, was really trying to communicate as it pertained to, to Joshua. Write this as a memorial and rehearse this in the ears of Joshua. And he built an altar there and he called that place Jehovah Nisi, meaning, meaning the Lord God, our banner, meaning our victorious banner, meaning, meaning right there, you know, I can go, Joshua says, I'm going to go back and rehearse this because right there, I can go back that in my mind, in my thinking, and I can become spiritually minded and realize that it was right there he became my victory banner. So what are you talking? Are you talking what the world's saying? Are you talking of his power? Are you talking of his plan or are you talking about the devil's plan? Are you talking the symptoms or are you talking, talking the answer? See, what, what are you focused on? See, this all has to do with what you're focusing on in here. It says, the saints, they shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. It says, verse 12, it says, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endures throughout all generations. See, see, if we really understood this, would we really be so concerned of what we see in the natural? If you really understood this, this is what saints need to be saying. This is what we need to be talking to make known to the sons of men, his mighty acts. Hallelujah. His mighty acts. In the glorious majesty of his kingdom. And he says, why? Because his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Why would I focus on this over here, what I see in the natural, when I realize his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom? But too often, I'm I'm a pastor. So so here, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm pastoring us, okay? Is, is you've got to stop focusing on the wrong things. I'm not saying that you don't need to be in the know, that you don't have an idea of what's going on. And, 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 but I'm saying, why would that be what you meditate upon? There's some conversations you just need to stop having. Trying to defend yourself and defend this and defend that. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And it will last throughout all, all generations. See, this kingdom, what you and I see, I mean, I'm telling you, what you see on the front page of the, of the news or on the head, headline on Yahoo or Fox News or CNN, I'm telling you, by 3 o'clock this afternoon, it's going to be a different headline. His kingdom. I want you to know I live in a different kingdom. Yes. 
as believers, as the church, we are part of a different kingdom. There's no race in my kingdom. There's no different people groups in my kingdom. There's no difference between male and female in my kingdom. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Go to Ephesians 1. Well, if we go all the way until 11 o'clock, we'll just go right into the next service. So, But I believe that there's something specific that needs to get out this morning. Ephesians 1. And this is the Apostle Paul's prayer. And he's talking to a church, not individuals, although there's individuals within the church, but really he's talking to the church of Ephesus. And so evidently by the Holy Spirit, there was something that he needed to communicate to the church of Ephesus. And I, I, you know, Annette and I, we've had the opportunity to go to Ephesus and I've seen the study, the history of Ephesus and and understand everything that was going on in Ephesus. And you think our society, you, you think our society uh, is, is bad. Or you think our, I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't, has not changed. I'm t- you, talk about, you talk about, there's perversion that happened in Ephesus that, that if, if you'd be like, that would never happen today. There was things going on in Ephesus. Whoa. <laughs> things happening in, 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 in Corinth. That, I mean, oh my goodness, they, they make any, they mess, they make the worst sinner blush. I'm, you, I'm saying the enemy is always the enemy. The world will always be the world. Darkness will always be darkness. And so here the apostle Paul is writing to them and he, he is praying for them because he is wanting something to take place in them. Verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory. I love that. The father of glory, man, that the God of our Lord Jesus, he's the father of glory. He's the or he's the originator of glory. He's, he's the distributor of glory. He, you want to see glory? It came from him. It is him. That this father of glory may give unto you. So the glory, the goodness of God, the presence of God, the power of God, that he may give unto you, say me, me. a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, we can be so distracted by what's happening around us. And I believe the apostle Paul's prayer was to get them to get refocused on spiritual things. Why? Because he is also the same one that wrote to be carnally minded as death, but to be spiritually minded as life and peace. That your eyes, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him in the knowledge of him, in the knowledge of him, that the father of glory may give you spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, my prayer is that you would gain wisdom and revelation this morning. My, my prayer is that you would leave here with a spirit of wisdom and revelation, not in the knowledge of Justin, but in the knowledge of him, knowledge of him. See, we need to grow in our knowledge of him. We need to grow in our understanding of him. Then it says this, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Your eyes would be illuminated to something that what you couldn't see before, you can see now. Say, I don't know what, maybe, what were they focused on? What were, what was their, what were they blinded to? Vic, what could they not see? That the apostle Paul had a, just an unction that he, I always pray this for them, is what he was talking about. And he goes, I want their eyes to see something. See, if all you do is see, if all you do is focus on what's right in front of you, you can't see anything else. 
And if all you do is focus on what's happening in our world, then you're not going to see what's the answer. And what does he tell them? That the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Why does it need to be lightened? That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So what does he want them to see? The hope of his calling. See, see, you have to stop looking at what's going on in the natural and what get an eye, get get a picture of the hope of his calling, the inheritance and the, the exceeding greatness of his power. That's what your, that's what our eyes need to see. We need to stop focusing on what we see in the natural, what we see going in our world around us. And our eyes need to be open to the hope, to the inheritance and to the power. And then it says this, this power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. And it put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. What does he want to see? Stop focusing on carnal things. Stop focusing on natural things and let your eyes be open to what's already been done. So you could say maybe Paul's doing the same thing that Moses was doing for Joshua. Write this in a book and rehearse it. Write this in a book and rehearse it. Do a warm up. Do a workout. (laughs) Go over it again. Reenact it. What is he, what is Paul reading? He's reenacting something that already happened. Go to Colossians two. And we're so often rehearsing what the enemy's doing, reenacting what the enemy's doing, going over again with what the enemy's doing instead of what has already been done. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Verse 11. In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through faith of operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Say all trespasses. This is blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way and nailing it to his cross. Now get this. And having spoiled principalities, powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing them over in it. See, see, what is Paul doing? He's writing to them so they can understand that it's already been done. See, our eyes need to stop seeing everything that's carnal and we need to focus on the spiritual. Because in the spiritual, there's life and peace. And I'm telling you, it made it, it said this, he, he said, and having spoiled principalities, powers, Hallelujah. Ephesians 6 says, rulers of darkness in high places. And he made a show of them openly triumphing. Triumphing, Vic. Triumphing, Vic. Triumphing. Triumphing. Hallelujah. That's victory. See, this is something that we need to rehearse. So stop rehearsing what the enemy's doing and let's rehearse what God has already done. Hallelujah. He spoiled principalities. I'm telling you, the division that's happening in our nation, hallelujah, is not a white thing, a black thing. It's a, it's a principality. It's a power. It's the ruler of darkness in this nation. I'm telling you, abortion is a principality and a power and a ruler of darkness. It's not a choice. It's a life. That's a principality and power and ruler of darkness. 
So the things that you see constantly pushed, that you're, the things in the natural that are pushed and things that are put forward, what they're trying to undermine is so principalities and powers can have strongholds in our world, in our nation. And when you allow certain things in your life, you then create a stronghold for it to control your life. When you understand these strongholds have already been done away with, when he blotted out the handwriting that was against us and he nailed it to the cross. This isn't about judging humanity. It's not about judging other people. It's realizing that in the same way that the sin that they're walking in, the things they're dealing with, the things they're focusing on, for them as well, it's been nailed to the cross. Thank you, Father. But see, our eyes have to be open to this hope, this inheritance, this power. And what is it that... We have, we have been given all power and all authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the work of the enemy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to... Go to John chapter 8, and we'll go to... Hallelujah. I want you to see something. While you're turning there, John chapter 3, John the Baptist is speaking, and he talks about the one coming. He said, I must decrease so he can increase. And he talks about that he, is, he that's coming is from above, and he, he doesn't speak... He doesn't speak of the earth, but he speaks of above, meaning this Jesus that was coming is from above. He thinks different and he speaks different. He doesn't speak earthly, but he speaks heavenly. In John chapter eight, verse 23, and he said to them, he said, he says, you're from beneath, but I'm from above. You are of this world and I'm not of this world. See, this is getting a revelation of seeing things from a different picture, from a different perspective. Now, let's go to John chapter 17, and I I want you to, because see, we say, oh, that was Jesus. He was from above. Well, according to Jesus, let's look at this in John chapter 17, verse, verse 15. He says, I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. They are not of this world. (laughs) They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Now, Jesus just put the disciples in here. According to this, Jesus, they weren't even born again yet. Technically. He didn't breathe on them until John 20. But he's praying because he sees them the way that they'll be. He doesn't see them. He doesn't see them fallen. He sees them as they'll be. And then he tells them, he goes, neither I pray for these alone. I'm not just praying for the disciples, but I'm also praying for all them that will believe on their word. So you know what? He's He's talking about you. Say he's talking about me. So here he's, he's praying about you. He's saying, you're not of this world, even as I'm not of this world. So why are we so focused on what the world says and what the world does? And I'm telling you that I see churches, I see pastors that are just as guilty. Go to John 18. I'll try to start to close here. Verse 36. Jesus answered. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. 
My kingdom is not of this world. Now listen to this. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? Let that, let that settle for a moment. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. He is like, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. If my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight. There's some things that, there's some battles that just aren't your battles. There's some fights that just aren't your fight. See, there's somebody, I, I got I, I to gotta fight. I got to prove. I got I to gotta do this. I got to do that. Wait a minute. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And he said, if it was, if my kingdom, hey, then my, I, see, you it, know, it's, it's not that his disciples couldn't fight. It's just, it doesn't, it's, it's not their fight. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered unto the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. The disciples were never about trying to defend Jesus' honor. That's carnal thinking. See, it wasn't about whether the disciples would fight or not. Because he was saying, if my kingdom was of this world, they could fight. But that's not their fight. But yet he tells the disciples. It's not about the fight. But I want you to go to Jerusalem until you're filled. See, as believers... It's not that we don't stand up. It's not that we don't, we don't have boldness. It's not, that we stand up for, it's not that we don't stand up for righteousness. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we don't do things in the natural. We do things in the spirit. So as you, you and I, you and I, it's not about how we fight in the natural. But it's are we filled in the spirit. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he tells the disciples, he says... Go into Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. Go into Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. Thank you, Father. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Thank you, Father. While you're turning there, I want to read this scripture to you. You can make note of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. He says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For you are bought with a price. You're not your own. Why? Because you're from a different kingdom. You're his. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm his. See, it's not about fighting this natural kingdom, but it's about being filled with his kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you, Luke 22 says. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now, it's interesting. He didn't say, he just didn't say, he says glorify God in your body. There's some things that I've done in my past that I wasn't glorifying him in my body. There's things that I've said that I wasn't glorifying him. There's soapboxes that I got on that I wasn't, wasn't glorifying him. And here it says, I've been bought with a price. So because of that, I need to glorify God in my body and in your spirit. What? Which are God's. Yeah, I'll read that too. Just make note of Ephesians 3 verse 19 in the Amplified. Says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without existence. That you may be filled, now listen to this, through all your being, through all your being, 
unto all the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and get this and become a body, holy, filled and flooded with God himself. So is it about you fighting in this world or is it about you being filled with his kingdom? See, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let me close with this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Verse 8, and I'm going to read the Amplified. For once you were darkness, but now you you are light in the Lord. So this is what you used to be, but now you're light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. Lead the lives of those native born to the light. For the fruit, the effect, the product of the light or the spirit consists in every form of kindly goodness, uprightness of heart and trueness of life. And try to learn in your experience what is pleasing to the Lord. Let your lives be constant proofs Of what is most acceptable to him. Now get this. Take no part. And have no fellowship. With the fruitless deeds. And enterprises of darkness. Hmm. Telling you. Get off Facebook. Get off. I'm telling you. Get off your soapboxes. Take no part. And have no fellowship. He calls them fruitless deeds. And enterprises of darkness. But instead, let your lives be so in contrast as to expose and prove and convict them. Meaning, meaning your life should be in such a contrast to the rest of the world that my life should actually cause their life to be convicted. But I'm telling you, if you're fighting in the natural, you're not going to be filled with the spirit. Verse 12, for it is a shame even to speak of or mention the things that people practice in secret. But when everything is exposed and reproved by the light, it is made visible and clear. And where everything is visible and clear, there is light. Therefore, he says, awake. So we could say revive. Therefore, he says, awake. O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposely, worthy, and accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as the wise. Making the very most of the time, buying at each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague or thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. So he tells them to wake up, revive, be revived. And what Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. So this person that he's telling to wake up, he then says, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposely, worthily, and accurately. Not as the wise and the unwise, but as the wise. Making the very most of the time. Because the days are evil. Make the very most of the time. Lord spoke this to me yesterday. I was walking back to the house. I lived like three miles from here. And I was walking back to the church. And I got almost home. And he said, Justin, you're wasting too much time. Here he says, make the very most of your time. Make the very most of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. We're wasting a lot of time. Distractions. Verse 17 says, Therefore, because of that, don't be vague or thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. So he gives these, these, these are commands. The commands are, look carefully how you walk. 
Another command is, make the very most of your time. Then he tells them, don't be vague or thoughtless or foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Meaning, meaning make what his will is, make it priority. And then another command is, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. So as a church, as individuals, we need to step into revival. We need to awaken. We need to look carefully how we walk. Number two, we need to, we need to make the very most of our time. Number three, we don't need to be thoughtless or foolish or vague, but we need to fully grasp what the will of the Lord is. And number four, let's not be drunk with wine, but we need to be filled with the Spirit. The word to be drunk there is intoxicated. And really, if you boil this down in the, in the Greek, it means to be poisoned. Don't be poisoned. See, being drunk with wine, that's a natural substance. So, so being drunk, you, could, you can be drunk with success. You can be drunk with, with prosperity. You can be drunk with, 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 with financial fame. You can be drunk with, with, with a substance. You could be drunk with, with so many things. But it says, don't, don't be poisoned by a natural substance, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. See, for revival... As a church, we need to awaken. Awaken. I encourage you this morning, if you, you've been asleep spiritually, wake up. If you've been so consumed by the world and what's happening in the world around you, I encourage you, wake up. Wake up. Let's make the very most of our time. Let's understand what the will of the Lord is. And let's get filled with the Spirit. See, it's not about what we can do and fight in the natural but are we filled? Are we filled? You know how you know you're filled? Verse 19 tells us, you'll speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and making melody with all your heart to the Lord. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're not going to be, you're not good, it's not going to worry about, you're not going to be talking about what the world's talking about. But you're going to be talking about him. You're going to be talking about his power. You're going to, rehe- you're going to, talk about, you're going to be rehearsing his wonders. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for your word today. And I thank you for revival. I thank you for revival in this place. I thank you, Father, that you would show us areas of our, li- areas of our lives where we've been Doing it in the natural, doing it in the, on our own, instead of doing it being filled with the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Oh, Filled, 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 filled. 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 I thank you that we are a people that are filled and flooded with you. Lord, we repent where we've been asleep. We repent where we've been consumed by all the natural things that are happening around us. And, and Lord, we step in. We step into, we step into this being filled with the Spirit. Fill us up today, Father. Fill us up today, Lord. Fill every person. Watching by way of internet. Fill every heart. Fill every person, Father. Fill. Fill to overflow. Fill. Fill to the full. Hallelujah. And you say, Pastor Justin, I've just been overwhelmed by natural things. I've been overwhelmed by the pressures of this life. I've been overwhelmed by the, by the things happening in our world. I've been overwhelmed. If that's you, just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. 
That you'd be honest with yourself today. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that because I'm needing a response. I'm saying it by direction of the Holy Spirit. You've just been overwhelmed by just natural things. The Lord wants to do something in you today. The Lord wants to do something in you today. Do something in your heart today. Hallelujah. Oh, Shondola Masi. Hallelujah. I don't believe those that are standing are the only ones that need to stand. Some, sometimes you need to take a step, a step of faith and, 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 and step out in order to step into, the, into your freedom. You, do not be carnally minded, but be spiritually minded. How, even, that, even that thought of, of what will someone think of me? What will, what will someone think of me if I, if I stand up? Then, then you're like, well, he's not spiritual enough or this isn't that and that isn't that. No one's here to judge you this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, sure. Lord, I stretch my hands towards those that are standing. Those that are standing, just lift your hands. Oh, that they be filled. Filled. Hallelujah. Not to be overcome by natural things, but filled with the Spirit. Filled, saturated, through and through. Holy, flooded with God Himself. Hallelujah. That, that, that the shackles, that the strongholds that the, that, that the enemy has tried to lay hold around them, that those shackles and strongholds would be broken in the name of Jesus, that there would be a, they, be a newfound freedom that they can step into, a, a new strength that they acquire, a new, a new strength that, that's fueling them, strengthening them in, in by your spirit. I thank you that they are not of this world, but they've been bought with a price. Hallelujah. And they're flooded and filled wholly with you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 And everyone else stand to your feet. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Oh, just lift your hands and say, say, fill me up, Holy Ghost. Say, fill me up, Holy Ghost. Fill me up, Holy Ghost. Fill me up, Holy Ghost. I yield my heart today to not be consumed with what's happening in the world. But I awaken today and I choose. To be filled with you. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.